You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bam, bam, Billy O'Brien, every Sunday had me crying. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another installment of Locked On Texans, your daily podcast covering your favorite football team every single day. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. John, some sports guy Hickman, and we're here to tell you guys that you have the possibility to help your local businesses. Whether they're your corner stores, coffee spots, or favorite shops, local businesses have always been on your team supporting you and your community. But right now, more than ever, Local businesses need our support. That's right. You and me, along with Cody. So let's be there for them. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at a local business and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with the contactless visa to help support your local community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be the official partner of the NFL. For today's show, we have a few things we have to dive into. And, you know, honestly, We kind of laid it out yesterday for you guys after the Houston Texans went ahead and got their first win of the season. They are now sitting at one and four with a chance. What a chance. We're going to see how everything turns out later on this evening when the Titans play their game that was rescheduled due to a lot of the COVID mess. The Tennessee Titans are just a mess right now as an organization and how they've handled things. But uh, we're going to analyze where they are tomorrow. However, the Houston Texans are one and four, along with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Indianapolis Colts. They have an outdated QB, and I don't see them winning many games unless at some point they feel like they're going to make a move. Uh, so right now they have, they have been kind of disappointed. And the Tennessee Titans, who are undefeated on the year as of right now. So Houston has an opportunity. If things fall the right way, they can make this up and make the playoffs. We're definitely going to keep an eye on that. However, for today's show, we're going to talk about some front office news, uh, things that have been going on with your Houston Texans uh, since the firing of Bill O'Brien. And we're going to take a close look into what's been going on. Also, before we get into that, it just seems like the Houston Texans can never have two things that match ham, no burger. And now after the day, uh, well, yeah, after the day that you go out there, you get four sacks, you get your first turnover of the year, you go in the game and get two turnovers, as a matter of fact, hold the Jacksonville Jaguars to 13 points. You have a pretty good defensive outing. Your middle linebacker, Bernard McKinney, will be out for the remainder of the year due to a shoulder surgery. And that's just, it, it kind of, you know, with the dancing that was going on with J.J. Watt kind of shading Bill O'Brien, uh, with his pictures and everything that's going on, it seemed like, whew, we got that monkey off our back just for another monkey to get back on that back and and now have McKinney out for the remainder of the season. That is very hurtful and speedy recovery over to McKinney. We wish you well. 
Yeah, speedy recovery too, Bernard McKinney. But John, at the end of the day, I really don't feel like his absence is going to mean that much to this team. Well, well, let me let me rephrase this. I don't think his absence in 2020 is going to be that crucial to the Houston Texans moving forward, although he is second on the team in tackles. You can sort of see the decline that Bernard McKinney was on when you look at his production in 2019 and of course from his Pro Bowl season in 2018 it seems like every single year he's on a decline and you know this year I saw a difference now it makes sense why I saw a difference because he had a shoulder injury that he was trying to play through and now you know hopefully prayfully he could come back next season and be that guy that he was in 2018 but as of right now now I understand why I saw a little a little bit more of a decline from Bernard McKinney in 2020 but with that being said I kind of believe that the Houston Texans are in a position where they're going to be able to bounce back and kind of sustain this the the loss of McKinney and I say that because on Sunday we had the opportunity to see Terrell Adams. This is a guy who has basically bounced around from team to team. I believe in 2015, he signed as an undrafted free agent from the Seattle Seahawks. And from there, he played for the then Oakland Raiders. And he played for the Houston Texans over the past three seasons. But this is a guy who's only been playing on special teams. On Sunday, he had an opportunity to finally go out there and play some meaningful minutes. And he was actually a bright spot, a really big bright spot in the, in the way that the Houston Texans defense played against their win against Jacksonville on Sunday. He played 89% of the defensive snaps. He recorded 13 tackles, seven solo hits, six assists. And he was the one that actually picked up that fumble recovery from Gardner Minshew, of course, that happened by his teammate, Whitney Merciless. So what we saw out of Terrell Adams, I believe he's only going to get better And this is a unique opportunity that the Texans have because if they can find a gym in Adams and let's say that he gives you 60 to 75% of what Bernard McKinney, a healthy Bernard McKinney would have given his team in 2020. I think this is going to put the Houston Texans in a really good position, not just this year, but next year as well. And we always talk about how much the front seven need help. I think a guy like Adams coming in, he's going to be able to be really good for the Houston Texans moving forward. Now, with that being said, I'm interested to know how is McKinney's injury is going to affect the rotation at linebacker. And I'm wondering, even though this guy is an outsider, I'm wondering, will this open the door one way or another so we can finally see Jonathan Grenard? That's interesting to me, Cody. I think that's an interesting discussion to have, right? But before we get to the rookie, Dylan Cole, who is also an inside linebacker, he did not play at all on Sunday. And so whatever Romeo Cornell, whatever Anthony Weaver saw in Terrell Adams, they liked it a lot to where they didn't feel the need to have a rotation of guys to fill that void of Bernard McKinney. They put Adams out there and Adams thrived. He had 13 tackles, did a phenomenal job. uh, And I think he was one of the most sure fire tacklers that I saw on Sunday. Um, and it really sucks to see McKinney go out. I mean, he's playing on that extension that he received two years ago for five years, $50 million. Uh, he signed that in 2018. He had 37 tackles in four games before he went out. And, you know, 
there was a struggle there for the entire defense when it came to securing tackles and the linebackers have not been good with coverage this year, uh, really dating back all the way to last year. So there has been some issues and, and things that could have been worked on. But however, we know McKinney has been here for a while now, and he has been a staple of this defense, whether it has been good or whether it has been not. Now, back to your point of seeing, or having the possibility of seeing more of Jonathan Gennard or just seeing Jonathan Gennard at all, I don't think so. I think this is the perfect opportunity and time to revisit what we discussed in the offseason. And that was straight from the quote of Jacob Martin, how he wanted to have double-digit sacks this year. And I refuted that because I did not believe Jacob Martin would have the opportunity to be on the field as much as he would like in order to get those stacks, right? Do you remember that conversation? Of course I do. Every time I see Jacob Martin on the field, I think about that conversation. And Jacob Martin throughout this season alone, he currently has two sacks. He's only a sack and a half away from his career high, which he achieved last year when he got here to Houston. Uh, but let's take a look at his playing time while he's been playing for Houston this year. And I refuted the you're going to get double-digit sacks comment because I didn't think he was going to get on the on the field that much. To start off, 26% of all defensive plays in the first game, 37%, 33%, 44 And then Sunday's game, his season high, 47% being on the field. I think with McKinney going out, and you're going to move in Terrell Adams to replace McKinney, of course, we know Zach Cunningham is already good. Uh, Whitney Merciless, who has found the rhythm for him on his own self, I think this is the perfect opportunity to see more of Jacob Martin instead of Jonathan Gennard. I don't even think we're going to see Jonathan Gennard this year, to be completely honest with you. There's really not a need for him to rush him back on the field. It's not like he was one of those first-round picks where we need to get you out there so you can go ahead and be a factor right now. The defensive tackle that we have right now is a rookie, Ross Blacklock. He's struggling, and he's not coming off an injury like Jonathan Gennard. So I don't think we're going to see Gennard that much this year at all, maybe. Uh, but when I look at all of the opportunities that are out there for the Houston Texans at that linebacker position, and then I know, and I know Jacob Martin is an outside linebacker, but I think this is a perfect time for him to be used in different ways. And Romeo Cornell has been coaching defense in this league a very long time. So there are things that he knows. There are, there are ways that he can get players on the field. Uh, but this is the perfect time for us to see Jonathan Gennard stay on the sideline and Jacob Martin getting more playing time. Well, what I will say, John, I actually agree with you. <laughs> I must say, I actually do agree with you. You know, Jonathan Gennard, him being out out there on the field in 2020, I kind of knew it was a stretch coming into the season. And here we are five games in, even though four of those five games was with Bill O'Brien, a guy who does not like playing rookies whatsoever. You can possibly still say that he's going to be in the doghouse the rest of the season, rather as Bill O'Brien, Romeo Cornell. Don't call him a doghouse. Don't, I don't think <laughs> putting him in a doghouse is fair. No, seriously. I mean, a doghouse is what Kiki QT got himself into. I don't want to say a doghouse because it's not like he has not had the opportunity to go out there on the field to prove whether he's going to be in the doghouse or not. What I'm saying one, he's coming off an injury. Two, as you mentioned, he wasn't a high draft pick selection. And then three, of course, the biggest thing that's affecting almost, well, not almost every rookie, but the biggest thing that's affecting rookies that did not come into this league ready to play is, of course, the shortened offseason. 
But what I would like to see from Jonathan Gennard, even if he does not get no time to play, is, of course, just red shirt this year, learn from guys like Whitney Merciless, like Zach Cunningham, like Jacob Martin, who you're possibly going to be battling for minutes next season. And hopefully in 2021, we can actually see what Jonathan Grenard is going to be about because I'm not jumping off the Jonathan Grenard train just yet. Um, I'm, I still believe that if he is able to get his feet wet in this league, he's going to be a foundational piece for the Texan defense moving forward. However, with all that being said, I'm glad that you mentioned Jacob Martin because this is a guy that I am dying to see get out there on the field. Every time he goes out there and gets minutes, this guy is always trying to not only does he plays hard, but he's always trying trying to make good plays. And we saw that on yesterday. He was he was one of the three sacks that the Texans were able to get on Gardner Minshew. And prayers up to Bernard McKinney. I'm praying for a, a speedy recovery. I'm praying for, you know, next year he come back better than ever. But his absence is going to open the door for not only Terrell Adams, but also Jacob Martin. And with all that being said, we uh, on the other side of the break, we're going to stay on the defense because, John, this secondary is still questionable, man. And they, they, they got to do something with the secondary. With every increasing number of makes like Fiat, Kia, and models like Pacifica and XT5, it is now impossible to stock all of your parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidated questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? Come on, guys, we can do better than that. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. One reason to repair and maintain your car is to save money that you can use for other important things like mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50 or even 100 percent more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? For example, the Delphi FG 1456 fuel pump assembly for a 2005 through 2010 Honda Odyssey cost three hundred fifty three. 99 at advance a big chain store but it only costs 216.79 at rockauto.com chain stores have a different price tiering for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers rockauto.com prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices available rather than the changing prices based on what the market will bear like airlines do rockauto.com is for everybody and it does not require a membership or account login go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in their how do you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com one of the negatives on sunday's game was the play coming from the Houston Texans secondary. Now, I know when you look at the score box, they only gave up 289 yards through the air, but they gave up too many big plays. And that's what I want to focus on when I talk about this, te this Texan secondary because the big plays that they gave up is part of the reason why the Jacksonville Jaguars was able to stay in the game as long as they did. And as a matter of fact, when I went back and I watched some of the game on yesterday – I noticed that they gave up too many big plays in, in terms of yardage that put the Jaguars in a position where they could have scored really, really easily. And the metrics that I used, I went back and I looked at the amount of plays where the Texans allow 15 or more yards in the passing game. 
and the results, there were actually five plays where the Texans secondary gave up 15 or more yards. One of them was a 21-yard reception. The other was a 51-yard reception. And in total, in those five games alone, the Texans gave up a total of 125 receiving yards. Each one of those plays had put the Jaguars in a position where they could easily score. And that is really concerning to me because if this was a team who was able to execute, not a team who missed back-to-back field goals, not a team who actually committed a boneheaded fumble, even though it did go on the Texans' way, committed a boneheaded fumble, this game could have easily went in Jacksonville's favor. So with that being said, you're looking at a team that's one and four. John, as you mentioned when we came on the show today, that, you know, things are starting to look up for Houston. They could possibly become the first team since the Los Angeles Chargers in 1992 to start off the season 0-4 and get to the playoffs. The division is still up for grabs. We don't know what version of the Tennessee Titans that we're going to, going to see tonight. Indianapolis Colts look like they have came back down to earth. And the Jacksonville Jaguars, like I say, they are in a little bit worse situation than us, which means... If the Houston Texans want to make a run in these last 12 to 13 weeks of the regular season, I'm going to need whoever's running the GM as of right now, they need to find some kind of way to make some changes to the secondary. Now, I know we came close with the Earl Thomas nonsense, but you can scratch that. They have other guys, other talented defensive backs who can come in and immediately make an impact on this Houston Texans secondary because even though we came out with a victory, Lady Luck was on the Texan side. And like I say, if the Jacksonville Jaguars were a better team at executing their game plan, we possibly could be looking at an 0-5 situation right now. You know, Cody, I don't know if the Houston Texans are going to take the opportunity to uh, visit the free agent pool, assess what they need to change at that secondary group, with the secondary group, rather, and then bring in somebody that could possibly make a difference. I think if they were going to do that, it would have been done, honestly, before the season would have started. I know they were really big, especially under Bill O'Brien and the regime he had. I know they were, they were really big on dependable players and guys that come into work, whatever that means. I hate that that notion. But at this point, moving forward, and I mean, let me say this, if they do it, then, of course, I wouldn't be against it, only depending on who they'd bring in. Uh, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if they just said, we're going to roll with the punches and with the guys we have on our roster. First and foremost, Bradley Roby has played phenomenal this year. And I do mean phenomenal. What do I mean by phenomenal? I'm going to tell you what I mean by phenomenal. Bradley Roby is the only cornerback that has shadowed the opposing number one receiver in every game this year. Tyreek Hill held him to five catches for 46 yards and one touchdown. Hollywood Brown held him to five catches, 42 yards, and zero touchdowns. Juju Smith-Schuster, four catches, 43 yards, one touchdown. Now, Adam Thielen did have an amazing game against the Houston Texans. He had eight catches for 114 yards and one touchdown. But then we come back to DJ Chalk, three catches for 16 yards, zero touchdowns. So, yes, he's given up. Three touchdowns on the year. And I don't know if you guys remember, but the Tyreek Hill uh, touchdown, that was it was initially a, a holding that was called on. I think it was Bernard McKinney. 
No, they called the hold on Bradley Roby, which was a bogus call, which was the same play that Bernard McKinney intercepted the ball. That was in the first game of the year. The rest called that holding, and then he was able to go back and then score. But outside of that, Bradley Roby has been what he needs to be for this team. And I know Houston is desperately waiting on Garyon Conley to come back. I mean, I believe they need him. Also, I think Vernon Hargrave is getting better with each week. So I don't think it's the cornerback group that we're necessarily having a problem with, even though they could be better, of course. I mean, I don't want to see Phillip Gaines out on the field anymore. But ultimately, I think it's just the issues of finding a safety opposite of Justin Reed. Now, Lonnie Johnson played 83% of the defensive snaps on Sunday. That was his most since week seven of the last season. And most of those plays came at safety. And I think the experiment of seeing where he needs to be, Lonnie Johnson reminds me of Jabril Peppers a little bit. Not that good of a coverage guy, but he can hit. Uh, and you can move him around a little bit. If you want him to play a safety, he can go play safety. If you want to bring him down, uh, maybe like your safety linebacker, you can do that. He can also play nickel. And so to see him get some rhythm, which was you know nearly impossible for him in the first four weeks due to whatever reasons, I like to see that. But you mentioned that Houston needs to go and check out who they can bring in. I don't think they're going to do that. So with that being said, I think with Romeo Cornell as officially your interim coach, got the first win of the, of the game, got the first win of the season for you guys, and he's going to work hand-in-hand with Anthony Weaver and De'Anton Lynn just to coach this secondary up. Um, they're going to have their opportunities to win matches as the year goes on, and I think as the year goes on, they're going to get looser to a point where they're not playing as stiff as they was. But I think the opposite safety position is the area of need and concern for Houston because are you going to go with Michael Thomas? Are you going to go with Eric Murray? Are you going to continue to allow Lonnie Johnson to grow into that safety? It's too many different questions for that one position. Now, I'm on I'm on band with not having Eric Murray play that many snaps at that position. And I'm on record by saying that. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to be able to get the job done uh, as much as I would trust Michael Thomas. And I don't trust Michael Thomas to get the job done uh, as much as, you know, I would want him to get the job done. And then at Lonnie Johnson, we know that he has some of those physical traits that we love, you know, 6'2", good 40, a sure tackler, but his coverage is off. So Houston does have a problem as secondary. And do I trust that they will get better as time goes on? No, I don't trust it. I'm hoping that it happens. And I think when we look at their schedule, they have they will have the opportunities to make it happen. Let's take a look at Texas schedule. They have the Tennessee Titans, which is coming up soon. A few games down the road after that, they will take on the Jacksonville Jaguars once again. And so then they take on the Browns, the Patriots, the Lions, the Colts, the Chicago Bears, the Colts, the Bengals, and the Titans again to end off the year. I think there are games that I could pinpoint out that I believe that they will have moments to win those battles with the receivers. And in and, and such, and tight ends, because they have to worry about the tight ends, especially at the safety position, but in such confidence is where I, what I think this team lacks. Confidence is what I think this secondary lacks. Confidence is what I think this safety 
group lacks. And so they need to get that. And they just need to get on one accord. They need to understand their assignment. Romeo Cornell talked about it last week, how guys are still not paying attention to detail and sticking to their assignment. They need to stay to their assignment, get better at that. And then overall, we should be able to see the secondary get us some interceptions, right? That is what I'm looking for. How can this secondary at the cornerback position, at the safety position, become more useful to this defense? How can they become more playmakers? And that's something we would have to keep our eye on. You know, I also want to tell you guys about Built Go, right? It's, it's just amazing. It's kind of sweeping the, the workout nation. It's sweeping the gyms. It's keeping everybody where they need to be. And uh, Built Go just makes you the best you at whatever you do. That's what it does. That is the main objective. Whether it's a mental or physical wall, break right through it with Go every day. Easy to take in a 1.5 ounce packages. Put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever. If you're playing some flag football with your boys, it's good for that. Or you could just put it in your pocket to get through the day. Bilgo is the best workout gel on the market. It's a five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's so natural for the body. It's just completely better. It's like drinking a monster with a third of caffeine and better results. With three delicious flavors peanut butter honey chocolate coconut and my favorite chocolate mint i like mint you know mint, mint it gives you like this fresh feeling at the end you know what i mean whenever you drink it or eat it built go combines energy gel with a collagen protein collagen protein is fast absorbing so it gets into the system fast plus it's easy on the stomach built go is loaded with good stuff and it's great to ignite your work. It ignites my work as well. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go! You know, we really kind of discussed and dissed the secondary a little bit in that previous segment, but can we take time out to shout out to the offensive line, the big boys up front? Hey, listen, Titus Howard was looking like a grown man out there Sunday. There's a play which is circulating on Twitter where he completely drove, I forgot who it was, but he drove his man all the way towards the sideline. And, you know, kudos to the phenomenal job uh, Larry Tunsil has been doing. I mean, he has been everything that you'd want out of a man that's making $23 million a year, right? And, and, and I love the fact that they are getting better throughout each week, and it just seems like the communication with one another. Uh, they made the switch. Max Sharpen is no longer the starting left guard. Uh, they had to go, go in the opposite direction. And at some point, I think he will be able to return back. I don't know what's going on with that. But I I think overall, the communication with Deshaun Watson and with the rest of the four guys on that offensive line is just continuously getting better. And that's what we wanted at the start of this year. We knew coming to this this season that uh, Titus Howard was going to struggle because he hadn't played football in virtually almost a year, right? Uh, We knew that there were going to be issues 
because, especially with communication, because there was not an offseason, but they, those guys have gotten better. And I just want to say shout out to them for continuously getting better. I want to move forward to the front office just to give you guys a quick snippet of what we're going to continue to keep our eye on throughout the week. The Houston Texans CEO, Cal McNair, son of Bob McNair, hired Jed Hughes, the vice chairman for the search firm, Corn Ferry, to help the franchise hire the next general manager and eventually head coach. Uh, There are some sources around the league that believe the Texans want to be comfortable with who the GM will be before hiring of head coach. Of course, that makes sense, even though your star quarterback has already kind of put his more than two cents in. I mean, he made a lot of money this offseason. So he put a couple of dollars in the plate on who he wanted to bring in, which is Eric Bianami. We do know that Hughes was instrumental in the Texans 2014 search to identify and then hire Bill O'Brien who just fired on last Monday after the 0-4 start. He usually assists one team during the hiring cycle. McNair did say last Wednesday that the plans to wait until after the season to hire a coach and GM, we know that that, that's still on the table. Uh, We know that Romeo Cornell will continue to serve as Houston interim head coach, while the executive vice president of football operations, Jack Easterby, will handle the GM duties for the rest of the season. That's another reason why I don't think they were going to bring in a free agent. I also don't believe some free agents want to come here. The free agents that matter, that can really affect this team, I don't believe they want to come to Houston. And I believe they see Easterby as a guy that they just don't want to necessarily play for. But I also don't believe that he'll go out there and sign talent. So that is my uh, two cent, my two cent, because I don't make as much as Deshaun Watson. As a matter of fact, that's my one cent on that. But Jed Hughes has been brought in to Houston in order to help with the GM search. Uh, and then from there, they're going to take a look at the coaches that they have out there um, in order to bring in the right fit for their star quarterback, who J.J. Watt endorsed a couple of days ago, and to get this team in the direction where they can finally reach an AFC conference game, and then their Super Bowl. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. You guys also know that while you are in the car at home grocery shopping, it does not matter where you are, you can check our show out on all of your major podcasting platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, and Spotify. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y, D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And for the second day in a row, we want to make sure that you listeners hear the number one hit song in Houston, Bye Bye Billy O'Brien, recorded and sung by our guy, Joseph Daly. Daly, we trying to get you that Grammy, man, because you deserve it. (laughs) Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are locked on Texans. 
your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.